Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This, this is, is the School, School of Humanity. Humanity. Hello, welcome to the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bullman here with my husband, Jason, Jason Bullman. Well, thanks for identifying yourself. Yeah. <laughs> this is episode 44, and we're so excited to be back with you. I know that you guys have been patiently waiting um, as the podcasts are being uploaded for from our break, from the holiday break. You know how we are, you know? I mean, Advent, Christmas, that was a big deal. So we're barely awake. <laughs> <laughs> and so we wanted to continue to give you guys the opportunity to prepare your hearts and prepare your souls for this awesome time in the church. Um and tonight we actually have, we're pretty excited, um, but we have a special guest tonight with us uh, over the phone, not actually here. He's not, I don't think he's done the bilocation thing yet. Um, not yet, but. Not yet. He's working on that, right, Jared? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Jared Zimmer, and we're going to give him the opportunity to tell you a little bit about himself, um, his brood of, of I, don't, I don't know, do you guys have a name? It's just Zimmerers? Or you don't have a good... the Zimmer clan. I was yeah. going to say clan would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and about his ministry and what he does um, for the church. So, Jared, thank you for being with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. I'm I'm a married man. My wife and I have been married for going on eleven years. Um, we have six children. Um, so my oldest is about to turn ten, and my my youngest is about or just turned four months. Um, so yeah, we've been pregnant, you know, pretty much half of our, half of our marriage. Um, <laughs> Strong and, Catholics. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, and I, you know, myself born and raised Catholic. Um, I kind of had a reversion moment, uh, myself in, in college, really around, around the same time that I was dating my, my now wife. Um, and it's interesting, my, my wife is actually a, what I call a revert, if that's the, the correct word for it, but, uh, she was baptized Catholic and then. Uh, during our dating uh, time, she was actually raised in a uh, non-denominational, somewhat fundamentalist um, church, and I basically, <laughs> in, a, in a very nice way, I said, you know, I, I'm not planning on marrying a non-Catholic, and so I want you to look into Catholicism. <laughs> it's like, it's, like, uh, it's so, like, yeah, that's cute, but uh, you can come back to the church now, so... <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so part of our dating process was actually going through our CIA together, and, and then she came into the church on our wedding day, actually. So it was a pretty oh, wow. um, amazing time for us. But, um, but yeah, I you know, born and raised Catholic, and, and um, but my, my whole life, uh, I've always loved athletics. I've always been very competitive uh, myself, and um, you know, from a very young age, I got right into sports and um, decently good athlete, I guess, and um but in high school, I ended up getting my knee uh, messed up playing football, and uh, the doctors basically said, you know, really what we need to do is start lifting weights and keep that thing strong, uh, because you pretty much tore everything apart uh, whenever all that happens. So wow. uh, that's what kind of launched me into the love of bodybuilding and powerlifting in that world. Um, I still played sports, because that was just my sophomore year of high school when that happened, but uh, my focus certainly changed from trying to play some kind of college athletics just being as big and strong as possible um, right then. And so, yeah, I was Which is awesome. You know, rocky <laughs> thing. I was waking up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and knocking eggs into some orange juice and downing it before I go back to sleep. And I mean, the whole the whole deal. 
uh, <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was a kind of a moment in, in college right around the time where I was experiencing, you know, this kind of reversion um, where I kind of had to think about what does, how does this fit into my faith? And uh, so I, that's when I started kind of researching not only into my, my own life in terms of what it means to be a man and, you know, taking, you know, this dating process seriously now that I, you know, found this girl. Uh, but also, you know, what, what, how does bodybuilding fit into this? You know, if I'm going to be a, a solid Catholic, can I continue, you know, being so focused on, on my health and, and all this kind of stuff? And so um, that's why I found Theology of the Body and, and a lot of other things as, as well and um, really started to kind of build this ministry. Originally, I, I named it Strength for the Kingdom, and it was actually a uh, ministry where myself and, and a bunch of college guys um, came to, it was actually my dad's house. He has this... Um, wow. detached garage that has a ton of weights in it and I just invited some guys to come and lift weights and we did some martial arts in there as well and um, prayed uh, we had you know, some catechesis going on um, but a large part of it was just about dudes getting together and hitting the weights really hard and beating each other up and uh, that <laughs> got popular pretty quick um, and that's kind of what how this grew out and then that kind of slowly morphed into more of an online style I started creating some videos and I've uh, been kind of lax on that, unfortunately, recently, but uh, still writing uh, pretty regularly. I um, finished up my master's in theology this past year, so I haven't had a lot of extra time between family and work and all of that to create some other things. But um, so yeah, so my you know my ministry, I guess you could say, is really trying to preach preach the gospel number one, but also along with that is the good news of of self discipline and self mastery and how. You know, there's this amazing thing called the fitness culture out there. Right. And there's some really good stuff in it. But there's also some pretty stuff, you know, know, there's vanity, there's egoism, there's all this kind of stuff. But for me, I I said, you know, this culture is good. It's something that I love. Right. But I feel like it's not reaching its full potential. You know, like there's something here that's just, there's like a, a glass ceiling that's not being broken. And I realized that Catholicism, and in particular the teaching on asceticism, is right. what helps kind of deepen this whole thing. And right. um, so my, my ministry, I guess, has been kind of, you know, helping people that either they're already Catholic and they want to, you know, make sure they're staying in the, the right place with their fitness, or they're fitness people, and perhaps they're trying to open up their mind to mm-hmm. the idea of religion or the idea of Christianity. So it's kind of been... Uh, in both worlds there, but um, and then of course my, my full time job is I work for uh, Bishop Robert Barron at, at Word on Fire Catholic Ministries as the director of outreach and mission. Um, and there's lots of stuff that's uh, going on there, but uh, my particular part is seeing Bishop Barron's vision of, of this idea of a movement and strategizing that and um, all of that. So it's been an interesting ride to the past year. That's awesome. Well, I can absolutely relate to um, your desire there to see the fitness culture kind of become Catholicized because, I mean, if the Catholic Church is what it says it is and the fullness of truth is there, then of course it can sort of redeem this culture as well and and make it what it's meant to be. And just like a, a little story um, I wanted to share with you is just the fact that there was a there was a time where I was into weightlifting a lot, and I think it it got to a bad place, you know. Instead of it being something that was holy or was adding to my spiritual life, my 
overall life, um, it kind of fell into egoism and all those kind of things that you see often. And after my conversion, I, I had to sort of let that go, um, as well as like certain types of music and things like that. I was to the point where I was listening basically only to Gregorian chant and um, no television. And, uh, you know, I lost a lot of muscle mass. So I'd, gone, I'd lost about 20 pounds, I think. And, um, and I had let it go for long enough that it wasn't really a temptation anymore. But I def- there was a part of me, I mean, I was always an athlete too, and I loved working out um, especially, um, you know, resistance training and that kind of thing. And my cousin just so happened to open up. He left banking, you know, because, you know, he didn't find fulfillment in that, and he always loved lifting weights. It's kind of like on the Bullman side of my family, like everybody loves to lift weights. So he opened up his own gym, and, and I was telling you before, it, it's kind of old school, you know, and uh, everything you do is to failure. So when you go in there, it's like you, you like have to mentally prepare for an hour before you go in there, I swear, because <laughs> it, it's just torture, you know, but it's like beautiful too. And I actually came across your book, um, The Ten Commandments of uh, Weightlifting, which the cover alone was was enough to sell me, like I told you, because there's a picture of this rosary on, I think it was like your the bench press, wasn't it? Or was it? Uh, it was a squat, a squat rack. Squat yeah. rack, yeah. And um, I was like, okay, this book that's is definitely all, That's for where we me. all store our rosaries now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was it was beautiful because it was a way for us to introduce and bring the Lord with us as we enter into any aspect of our life, but in particular when it comes to lifting weights. And I think that the way that my cousin trained me in particular lended itself to allow this, you know, um, shaping of your body to become something that aids your spiritual life, that aids your walk with the Lord. Um, And then, you know, it didn't become about egoism or vanity. You know, it, it could become a type of asceticism, um, which was really beautiful. And so I thank you for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Happy to. I mean, it's, it's been an interesting thing. I, I, that's actually been, um, I've had, had a few Catholics come to me and say that was a similar story, that they, they thought that once they had this kind of conversion that because of the vanity aspect, they, they decided to just be done with it. But they had this kind of feeling of loss. Um, in them, and I was like, well, you know, that, that's the thing. It's because I've also seen, you know, I mean, I don't know if you know who Dorian Yates is. He was, you know, Mr. Olympia. Oh yeah, definitely. He was actually one of the reasons I, I fell in love with high intensity training. Um, right. I mean, you go on YouTube, and that guy is. <laughs> there's some poor, you know, some English guy just ripping that man to shreds, and I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he, uh, um, you know, he was a troubled youth. He got caught, you know, stealing or something and, and got put in juvie and found the weight room and totally changed his life around. And it was just the weight room. I mean, and so to me, it's like there, there's something virtuous in there um, that we can't ignore. And I feel like in particular, you know, as Catholics, we need to be viscerally aware of the body. That's what JP2's whole message was about. Right, so right. I feel like weightlifting and fitness and all of that, I mean, the culture has boomed in the last 80 years, and so we ought to take advantage of that. And, and so it's, uh, it's great to hear a, a, a fellow uh, athlete saying how he enjoyed it. I appreciate that. 
The um, Jared, what for for those that are listening that may not be familiar with it, would you mind sharing kind of what what the what asceticism is and you know how that applies to us as Catholics? Yeah, um, so asceticism is, uh, so for me personally, I, I like to define it as disciplining the body in order to train the will, right? So the reason we, we do things in Lent, right, so part of it is you're preparing for the coming um, of Easter, you know, all that kind of stuff, but you're also disciplining your will. So whenever you tell yourself no, I'm not going to eat meat on Friday or whatever little thing you gave up during Lent, you know, maybe it's chocolate or alcohol or whatever, these, these things that are good in and of themselves, but you give them up. And the reason being is because whenever you say no to something concretely, like, you know, the after dinner ice cream, or you say something yes to a difficult thing, like adding five pounds to your bench or cold showers or anything like that, it's ascetic in nature, and it, and it helps spill right into the spiritual life of being able to say no in that world, too, of saying, no, I'm going to say no to this temptation, or, or possibly, yes, I'm going to say to the good things, like, yes, I'm going to get up 15 minutes early so I can read scripture and so I can have my prayer time. You know, I'm going to do the thing that's difficult because I know it's good for me. Um, and in the, in the catechism, of course, I'm going to blank on the number right now, but in the catechism, it actually says... There is no holiness without renunciation. Mm. Um, and so to me, that, that's what asceticism is. You're, you're renouncing yourself and saying there's a higher good I'm trying to attain here. Um, and so when people are talking about lifting weights, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe the highest good is not being able to deadlift a thousand pounds, but there's a higher good in there of training yourself to do the difficult thing. Right. Um, and as Christians, that's, that's kind of what we're called to whenever Christ says, pick up your cross. Right? He's saying, do the difficult thing. And, and the beauty of it is that it doesn't have to be trudgery. It can be joy-filled as well. I mean, you know, I, as a parent, there's aesthetic moments all the time. You know, oh, I don't ever get to sit down more than five minutes. Right. But I come over the mic and say, Dad, I want, want a drink. Dad, I'm hungry. Or, you know, this one has poop. Or, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's just part of being a parent. And so um, maybe sometimes you kind of feel a little bit you know, kind of like, oh my gosh, I just need to have like five minutes myself. <laughs> but <laughs> the majority of the time, it's a loving embrace of that moment because right, of the right. child that you're you're absolutely in love with, you know? Um, and to me, things like fitness and, and that whole realm of self-mastery, self-discipline, kind of on the individual level, spills right into making a gift of yourself. So as a parent, you need energy to deal with, you know, the, just the daily life of having lots of kids. Right. Um, and the more health you have, the better you're taking care of yourself, the harder you push yourself in the gym. It's a funny thing, but that spills right into having more energy throughout the day. And you feel better about yourself, you're more confident in the way that you're doing the things that you're doing. Um, so to me, it just makes perfect sense. But um, again, to kind of go back to that real basic definition and again this will change if you kind of look into more of like the spiritual fathers and things like that in terms of what they mean by asceticism uh, but in my research what i've kind of boiled it down to is disciplining the body in order to train the will and um, I, I find that that kind of helps people clear it up a little bit i love that definition um yeah i couldn't agree more and we i mean a little bit about me is that we you know we have four children um and we've been married about how long have we been married 
Nine years. Nine years. Sorry. I never know how long we've been married. So <laughs> nine years. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think it was after um, Jeremiah, so after our second son, that I decided, you know, as especially for women, I think that lifting weights is a huge deal. You know, we kind of get caught up in the and and uh, Pilates and and like whatever those classes are, like group fitness classes, um, a lot. And those are all great, but they they tend to focus more on on you know cardio. And I think that whenever we start to lift weights, especially for women after having children and everything, it helps a lot more as far as getting us in shape and being able to build muscle for us than those kind of classes. At least that's what I found in my, in my experience. Um, also I'm not very coordinated, so that wasn't going to work <laughs> a group fitness class. So, <laughs> but I remember after, after kind of getting into that and it's so funny because my trainer, um, is out in California. So I, I was using like an online trainer and I don't think I've ever, we've never met him or anything. Um, and uh, we were just going back and forth and going through things. And I remember there was this conversion of, of what the gym was for me after doing it for a while. Um, that eating became something different and that lifting became something different. That eating became um, exactly what you described asceticism as, as it became something to discipline my will. It yeah. didn't become, it wasn't, it wasn't anymore about, I mean, of course I would have a nice steak dinner or something every now and then, right? but it was more about, you know, f- just fuel for me. It right. wasn't about satiation. It wasn't about like pleasure. It was right. about, you know, fueling the body. And the same thing happened with, with lifting. You know, those were things that I did so that I could maintain the energy level that I needed to be a good mom and to, to be able to run with them and to be able to play with them in a way that I know that they, they desire as children, you know? Um, and I still remember having a conversation with, um, actually my doctor shortly after we had had the baby and he had start he was starting to get back into lifting. Um, and he told me, he said, I just can't do this eating thing. Yeah. And our doctor is actually, um, a devout Christian. He's Greek Orthodox. Is that right? Yeah. And so I remember... Um, Coptic, I'm sorry. Coptic, Coptic Orthodox. Yeah. And I remember telling him that he has to think about it in the respect that Christ wants us to lead a simple life. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, you have, I remember thinking, I have so much more time because I'm not standing here planning out ridiculous meals for us. And I'm not like standing in front of the refrigerator at 11 o'clock at night trying to figure out what I want to eat. Because yeah. I've yeah. spaced out all my meals. I've weighed everything. You know, I've got everything planned for the next four or five days and already created and, and packaged up. So, right. And I said, so it's all about really simplicity. And now I have more time to pray and I have more time to, to do all of these other things that I used to waste my time on before this. Yeah. I, um, whenever I'm talking to, um, people about Lent and about fasting and, and why do we do these things as Catholics, the phrase that I always use is, um, selfless self-preservation, you know, because it, it's, we fast from those things, like you were saying, Jared, uh, and you, Rachel, that we, we fast from them to sort of rightly order our interior life because we're in such a culture of self-indulgence and, uh, you know, we don't ever hunger for things, really, um, very often, not, not the majority of us. And so we almost become disordered um, interiorly because... Uh, we never take the time to fast from things that are lesser, 
um, more base uh, things. And so God doesn't have a chance to become the center of our lives. And so uh, once he, once that restoration occurs and Christ is above all things, then you can start to see things more clearly and you can enter into things with a type of freedom um, that you couldn't before. And uh, again, like I always have to, I always try to squash this tendency to make fasting um, a like a Jansenism, you know, type of approach where like the body is evil or, um, you know, I'm no good, so I have to do these things to hurt myself. That's that's like such bad theology, you know, such bad philosophy. But I think that people look at it that way or maybe even subconsciously see it that way. But if we look at it from like a standpoint of selfless self-preservation, we become more of who we are and more rightly ordered when, uh, you know, things are put in perspective, when we have the right outlook on life on and Christ being sort of our all. Does that, do you agree with that, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you guys know who uh, Jocko Willink is. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's an ex-Navy SEAL that has a really popular podcast. He, he's been, he, I think his fame started on Fox News. He's interviewed for something, but... Um, he has a saying that he says all the time, and it's discipline equals freedom. And it's interesting because there's kind of two different aspects to it. I mean, because that's basically what we're saying right now is, you know, this, this discipline has freed me up to have more time. It's freed me up to, to think more clearly, you know, things like that. So there's this physical aspect of, I mean, because of the average American or Western diet, I mean, we're, our bodies are working on overhaul just to get it through our system. You know, and, and it's, it a lot of times makes us very sleepy, makes us very you know, sluggish and the like. And if you're disciplining things like your diet and exercise regime, you start thinking more clearly. You start you know, feeling like you have more energy. You actually, there's even a sensation of feeling kind of lighter than you did, even when you might weigh the same. Uh, but in the same thing, on the spiritual side as well, is that, you know, the more you're disciplining yourself just in the day to day, and it doesn't have to be, what I always say to people is, you know, it doesn't have to be this constant, um, you know, I have to discipline myself, you know, because it's very easy to fall right into what you mentioned, Jason, of of how, how you know, I'm doing this because I'm no good, or I'm doing this because, you know, if I don't do it, then I'm going to fail, and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, wait, let's let's take a very balanced approach to this. And, and you're going to do it as much as possible, but then at the same time, when the time comes, you're going to enjoy the fruits of life, too. Right. You know, so I would right. say, like, when, when Christmas comes, yeah, enjoy the extra glass of wine. Enjoy the big piece of cake. Like, like if, if you're going to be that, I mean, unless you're a professional that makes money off of this stuff, and you have to keep your diet, you know, 20% of the time, right. which is a very small percentage of the, of the world, then don't be that guy. You know, that's constantly <laughs> worried at, at every little thing about what he's eating and everything. I mean, sometimes we have to just enjoy life. I mean, I, your, your kids will remember those times being with you, you know, at, at the family dinners and things like that. And, you know, we, we need to be disciplined, I typically say, about five days a week. Two days a week, just relax, you know, and enjoy yourself and, and, and have that moment of relaxation because without that time of leisure with, along with all this discipline, you're going to break the machine. <laughs> you know? right. It's just kind of how we, how we operate. And so um, I would say, you know, you know, 
we ought to we ought to feast like it's about to become a famine whenever we get an opportunity like <laughs> Christmas or you know, these, these great yes. opportunities. But but then eat as if you're in famine the rest of the time. You know, like that. You don't have to get that triple cheeseburger. Right. No, there's you know chicken at home you can throw in the oven or whatever. You know, there's 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 some simple small changes you can do in your life, but at the same time, you know, be sure to to enjoy life as well. So how does this how does this transfer for you um, in raising your boys? I mean, do you get do you get to talk about discipline with them a lot? I mean, your your oldest is, you said ten, so he's ten. Yeah, it's 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 fun because you know with with them what I've what I've done um, and what I've because I, I did a lot of reading on on child development and, and in particular my my love is understanding masculinity. That's always been kind of a thing for me but then i've also read several books on you know fathers and daughters and that whole relationship and dynamic and everything as well but um i guess i'm kind of more known for the, the masculinity side of it but um with boys i think especially that young I, they are very impressionable in what they see you do more than they they hear you speak um and you know as they get close to like nine ten they're kind of thinking about life a little bit deeper and they, and they're more open to those kinds of things. But I have you know, a six year old son and, and it's hard to kind of make that really, um, something that sticks with just words rather than something that I show him, you know? So with the, the older three boys right now, we all go to boxing at the same time. There's a, a gym that's like walking distance from us and we go do martial arts together. They've been boxing in Muay Thai now for about six or eight months. Uh, and I'm in the class with them. So I'm, you know, doing the same workouts, all that kind of stuff. And every now and then we'll go up to the gym together on, on a different day. And it's just us four. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the times that I get to talk to them about this kind of stuff, you know, and then really um, kind of ingrain it. But it's but it's while we're doing a physical activity. Um, and I think because of modern um, society, the way that we're living, a lot of dads don't have an opportunity to do physical things with their kids anymore. I mean, unless you're a camper, which I'm not really an outdoorsman myself. I I like going camping, but it's not something that I just naturally want to do. The same thing as like working on cars. I I like cars, but I'm not necessarily one that's going to pop open the hood and start messing around. I'm more of an athlete. So this is the way that I teach uh, my kids because that's kind of the way my dad taught me in the, in the weight room. Um, and so for me, I, with boys in particular, I, I think it's important for them to learn this stuff hands-on, you know, to, to really experience what, kind of, I mean, this is going to sound sophisticated, but experience what pain is, you know, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they live a pretty soft life um, in comparison to the vast majority of history. Um, and so, you know, having them up at the boxing gym and they're sitting there all tired and I'm saying, no, we're going to do 10 more minutes and we're going to push because this is what life is about. It's about experiencing that moment and saying, no, I can, I can get past this. I can push it. So back in the day, you know, there, there was farms, you had to go hunting, all this kind of stuff. It was just life. Like, life was just hard. And right. so it, it taught you how to get over it. But today, we've got to be a little bit more creative uh, with it. And I always tell dads, you know, find something that, that you and your kids can be interested in together uh, that's decently difficult um, and do it together, whether it's building something, working on cars, painting something, whatever it is. But, you know, have them methodically push through something that takes a long time. Um, and something like athletics is something that, that's a lifelong pursuit. So uh, for me, that's kind of been my, my thing with, with my boys. Yeah, that's awesome. And we, I mean, we have, uh, 
you you and Jason share a lot of the same the same. Yeah, we traits. really do. Yeah, <laughs> um, we have we have joked about because we've seen some of your obviously your workout videos and stuff on Instagram, and so I remember one time we were laughing, and I said we should just move to Texas. We'd be great friends with Jared and his wife. Yeah, we would. Totally. Our kids would all hang out. Um, sorry, that came across a little stalkerish, but it's not. Um, <laughs> but, but Jason, you know, we we have the same thing with our boys. You know, um, Jason, we're not outdoorsy people um, at all. I think I go outside maybe once a year. I'm just kidding. I mean, I I'm kind of like you though. I mean, I love the outdoors. I'd love to go camping. I love to go out into the mountains and and rough it and and all those things. But I wasn't raised with that. I wasn't raised with fishing or. I mean, Rachel's dad is a mechanic. He knows how to, you know, build a house, build a car, build all those things. And I'm like, you know, his little servant, which is fine. Um, <laughs> My dad but, is gonna love that. I'm gonna totally like. But I love that. it. I mean, I don't care. Is he's leading the show? But I mean, I, I, I just love that because there's something, you know, on a on a spiritual level, there's something incarnational about it. You know, you know, if you're not out in nature and you're not hands on like you said, kind of experiencing difficulties, um, you're missing out on something. There's something to be learned there. I mean, there's something to be said about the fact that the Savior of the world was a A carpenter. carpenter. I mean, you know, and simple manual labor uh, lends itself to prayer, too. Um, So, you know, I, I definitely want that for my boys. And yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. The um, it's I def- I want that for you and the boys as well. And I'll watch. I'll bring you guys like sweet tea or something. I take them to the gym now, but <laughs> but you know I have a five year old and a seven year old, and so uh, and my seven year old unfortunately was injured when he was born, um, which was very hard and is a whole nother long story. But his left arm is had you know had nerve damage, so he's not able to do like push ups and things like that. But it's going to be beautiful, I can tell, because number one, he's an incredible kid, and he already thinks he wants to be a priest, and some of the things he said has been incredible. But number two, it's just an opportunity for him to learn how to get around that, you know, how to overcome that. Because, I mean, there's still things that he can do in the gym, working right. out and things like that, uh, to kind of modify and be able to do things, Right. you know? So... Yeah, I mean, that, and that stuff builds character. I mean, that, that's what's so amazing about all this, you know, uh, how life is. You know, we try our absolute best to avoid the difficulties, but oftentimes when you read about the great men and women of history, it's the difficulties that made them great. You're you know, right. and so to me, I say, well, those things that are difficult, like learning, because I'm the same way. I mean, you open a hood of a car, I have no clue. I know how to jumpstart a car. That's about it. You know, right. <laughs> I don't have a clue. And, and and it's and it's kind of difficult also because it's a shot to my ego because right. I'm kind of like, right. man, this is something I, I really ought to know, but I don't have a clue how to do it. And um, or the difficulty of saying, you know, okay, I, I I don't necessarily want to go camping, but I'm gonna go because you know I, I know I need to because it's been a long time since I've been out in the wild for a while. You know, or you know, I'm gonna go add on ten pounds of deadlift. Even though you know it's going to hurt, I'm going to do it, um, and that, that stuff just builds character. It helps. And I, I always say, you know, we need to form children to become the leaders of the next generation. And you know, one thing my father always told me was, I'm, "I want a leader, not a follower." Right. And that stuff always stuck with me. And he, another thing he always said was, 
Um, you know, I, I want, I would rather have a wild stallion than a jackass. I have to hold a carrot in front of all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love your dad instantly. (laughs) (laughs) That's that Texas wisdom for you. Um, (laughs) but you know, and so for the kids, it's like, man, you know, to become a leader, you've, you've got to realize that, that life is not all sunshine and rainbows to quote Rocky, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not. And so, um, and, and the more we can help them deal with that in, in concrete, positive Christian ways, I think that's, that's building a soul for something amazing. So, um, I, I try to do that with what I know about, which is athletics. That's beautiful. Okay, this is my last question because we're coming up on the end of our yeah. our time. But um, how would you say that is the best way for someone that is struggling with egoism? They're realizing that they're going into the gym and that it's just about about them. About them. How do you how how are they? What's the best way for them to kind of marry um, the idea of discipline, asceticism, their desire maybe to be holy, as well with their desire to also remain fit? You know, if you had to sum that up. In our final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, when it comes to vanity in the gym, there's two, typically two things. It's either they want their body to be perfect or they want to be the strongest person in the gym. Those are typically, you know, the two, the two things that are typically driving people to vanity. And so what I always say is take a step back and think about why. Like, why in the world is that important to you? Is having a great body important because you want everyone to admire you? Well, that's, that's fleeing because eventually your great body is going to decay. I mean, you know, to, to quote Seneca, we're all going to die, you know? Right. <laughs> like eventually, eventually that beautiful body that you've worked so dang hard on is eventually going to decay and your muscle loss is going to be astronomical and you're going to be sad about it, you know? Right. Instead, you know, have that desire to be healthy. Have that desire to glorify God for the gift that he's given you. You know, not as something to go around and be admired for. And then the same thing with strength, right? Like, okay, it's, it, that's an awesome goal. I, I mean, it's, I have my own strength training goals. I want to do certain things in the gym, and I push my, you know, push really hard to, to do it. Um, but not to be necessarily admired by others, maybe to inspire other people, but, but not necessarily to be admired. It's, it's more just internally the reason we do this stuff is because God has put something in us the desire to be great and to me things like strength training or, or whether it's the physique side or any of that stuff you're desiring something that god naturally put into you but yeah. we need to put it in context of the greater good here That's so good. And, and recognize i always say you know the whole remember death is going to come and so your daily life is going to you know dwindle down the minutes and the hours as you get closer to that moment and so don't negate these things because you're worried about death, but rather take those moments as, as times to remember that um, and times to say, okay, I, I know that this isn't going to be forever, but, but for now, what can I do with this strength? You know, what can I maybe inspire somebody else to do with this? Or you know, maybe this strength is going to lend itself into something else like uh, you know, you know, teaching young boys or, or building houses or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, it's all about mindset when it comes to, to steering clear of vanity, but, but not to negate those things that are naturally good, like desiring a good physique. I think that's actually a naturally good thing. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting how the more natural you eat and the more natural you train, 
your body just starts to morph and become this certain look. It's all subjective to our own genetics, but it, it, it turns into a certain look. And to me, that means that naturally there's something in us to, to have a decent, uh, healthy physique. Um, and not necessarily to glorify it for our own good, but rather to glorify it for the gift that it is. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Perfect. And I want to go work out now, so... That's the way that Yeah, goes. I'm about to go do 50 push-ups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you, Jared, thank you so much. And if you guys want to check out some more of, of what Jared's doing and what is happening at Word on Fire, please go o- over to wordonfire.org. Check out their, their blog there. There's a little search engine at the top. You can look up um, some of the blogs from Jared. And he's actually just recently wrote a really awesome one that I read today um, about how he's, how, how he's a weirdo. It, it doesn't say that. It says uh, <laughs> the anomaly of being an anti-drifter, which was great. I read that today and thought of you, Jason Bullman. So you can read that later. Okay. Um, so, so thank you so much. And, um, and continue, our dear, beloved listeners, all five of you. There's probably more than that. But you guys that are, <laughs> that are listening to continue to change the tide, you know, as we continue to, to dive into what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means to be. It means that you have to be disciplined. And it means that we continue to redeem the things of the world that the world tries to take from us and to to turn it back into something good because that's what it was in the first place. Amen. Amen. God bless.